Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. And from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement. Offering undergraduate and advanced degrees. publichealth.indiana.edu. Good afternoon and welcome to Noon Edition. I'm your host today, Mary Catherine Carmichael, usually joined by Bob Salzberg, who's away today. We're going to be talking about a, a topic called Giving Back to Africa. The Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC, is one of the largest countries in Africa. It has a history of civil war and corruption, and earlier this year, the UN sent an intervention brigade to neutralize rebel military forces near Goma on the eastern border. Jerry, Dr. Dr. Jerry Kindoba is a Congolese medical doctor who leads a program that works on the western border of the DRC called Giving Back to Africa. Dr. Kindoba got involved with the program because it aims to engage Congolese youth in solving major problems in their country, something the program directors feel is the only way to create real change and step away from the violence going on. We'll be talking with Dr. Kindoba and three other guests in the studio today, all of whom I'm happy to to uh, introduce now. We have, as I mentioned, Dr. Jerry Kindoba. He is the project manager of Giving Back to Africa from the Democratic Republic of Congo. We have Anne-Marie Thompson. She is the co-founder of Giving Back to Africa, adjunct assistant professor, School of Public and Environmental Affairs here at IU Bloomington. We have Michael Valiant, who is the executive director of Giving Back to Africa USA, and Morgan Shearer, who is a Bloomington High School South, uh, North, rather. Oh, that was a bad mistake, <laughs> wasn't it? Sorry. Uh, Bloomington High School North uh, senior, and he hiked 500 miles of the Appalachian Trail as a benefit for Giving Back to Africa. So as you can hear already, we have a strong Bloomington link uh, to this organization. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. I understand you're coming off your big fundraiser last night. We are. We're all a little exhausted and mm-hmm. thrilled by the result. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for, for being here in the studio with us today. Um, before we get into giving back to Africa, the program itself, let's set the stage a little bit for our listeners. Um, talk about what's going on in the DRC, what the, the current climate is uh, politically, uh, economically, mm-hmm. as holistically as, as you feel you'd like to. And I'll let anybody start with that. Well, I... This is Michael, and I just wanted to highlight your in your introduction, you talked about how the UN put the very first in the history of the UN fighting force uh, into the eastern Congo and and the Great Lakes region there in the border with Rwanda and Burundi and Uganda is is a major flashpoint, one of the major conflict areas uh, active in the world right now. I would situate us I have to situate us in Kinshasa, which is itself. Uh, about the distance from the that Great Lakes region as Boston is to St. Louis. Mm. So we are working in the what would be the equivalent of St. Louis in the capital city of Kinshasa. This itself is, is a dramatic example of a massive uh, urban zone, uh, over 11 million people in the city of Kinshasa and the environs of Kinshasa. So it it's, while it's not an active uh, conflict zone, it does have uh, all of the challenges that uh, a large urban center in an underdeveloped country experiences of extreme poverty, lack of infrastructure, um, challenges with, with uh, economic development and, and corruption. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would also want to place us in a, in a different context. We, we hear about these conflict zones and we hear about the problems of, of extreme poverty. We see in our work, we look for the assets and those assets for us are the, are the children. Uh, that we work with in the leadership development program because with a different model, presented with a different model of leadership, we think that these, uh, we believe really firmly and, and think too uh, that, that the, the real intractable problems of conflict, uh, of extreme poverty, of economic development come down to at some point, at, at some level, a, a moral conception of leadership as well as a very practical mm. conception of leadership. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, just to hone in then a little bit more on the, just again, setting the stage. So let's talk about Mpasa itself um, and how that came into being. And, and that is the main area that the your work uh, takes place, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, PASA is a refugee camp that was started in the 1960s by the UNHCR, High Commissioner for Refugees. This was a period of great unrest in the 1960s. It was an exciting time. Congo was receiving its independence from Belgium. Um, the whole of the continent of Africa was experiencing independence at this time. This is a community that... Um, that is has third-generation refugees from Angola, from outside of Congo, and then, of course, a lot of refugees from inside of Congo. Many people are, when they can, leave the east, will come to Kinshasa as well. Um, it also happens to be a place where many of the um, street kids on the, on the streets of Kinshasa are fleeing the violence that is occurring on the streets, um, and are coming out to, we're about 20, 30 kilometers outside of Kinshasa. This is a a desperately poor area. It's hard to believe that there are relative degrees of poverty, but but there really are. And um, this is a a place of of quite desperate peoples, but who are who are living in a subsistence way. Mm-hmm. I, I read on your website that 80% of Congolese live on 20 cents a day. That's, that's right. That's, that's remarkable. And uh, in its most recent report, the UN Human Development Program placed the DRC at the bottom of the UN Human Development in- Index. So that is, as you say, extreme, extreme poverty. Yeah, what what Giving Back to Africa wants to always emphasize is the positive side of Mm -hmm. the Congo because the wealth of information that exists, the the local knowledge that exists about how to survive in a situation like that is absolutely inspiring. Um, And I think it's important to know that the children of Congo are the future of this country. And despite the fact that there is a significant amount of corruption. I think that there is a great deal of hope for this country as well. And also from your website, uh, I, I read that over 50% of the population is under the age of 15. That's right. Yes. So this is an important, this is hopeful. It's also somewhat frightening <laughs> um, when you have an education system that, that is really not functioning as it, as it could. Dr. Jerry, I'd like to get you involved if I can, please. Uh, pl- would you talk about the genesis of the program, um, how you and Anne got together and uh, started thinking, how can we help and, and or how can we help them help themselves, I guess, more to the point? Thank you for the flow. We, I joined Give It Back to Africa from uh, 2011, and uh, Give It Back to Africa invests in the, the students, the young people, yeah, helping them to become uh, servant leader in the community, mm-hmm. developing uh, uh, some skills of uh, leaders, uh, leaders. So uh, to reach our goal, giving back to Africa's goal, we decide, we choose to develop a community-based education using a new approach of teaching just to 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 bring students to re, to 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 be part to be part in the learning process mm-hmm. not just to to wait all from the teachers so we began by developing a, a first program around clean water the first year and then the second year a program around waste management just because of uh, the real problem about those topics in the community, mm-hmm. but also because we want to link all topics we use with the students to help them to be able to link one concept to another as leader. And as Michael said, we hope to develop a third pro- uh, top, uh, program around nutrition mm-hmm. just to to have link between uh, those three uh, topics 
And just to illustrate, I can say when you, we see compost, for example, compost is the best way to manage well waste. But at the same moment, compost helps to get food by uh, making uh, soil rich and water came, came also to, <laughs> to make rich and to see plants grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially about uh, the first, I, I must mention that we, we, uh, we had also focus on the teachers because we want them being model for the students. We, can, we can't have uh, leaders uh, if we we are we leave we leave stud- uh, away uh, teachers, so we had also co- uh, focus on the st- teachers just to get them involved in this this new approach. So we took a long time working with them to get them involved mm-hmm. to bring them to accept the new kind of teaching, mm-hmm. which consists not to be in front of students, uh, give all. Uh, p- uh, punish, uh, give score, uh, maybe yeah, j- j- just uh, impose things to the students, but being uh, able to create a safe environment of learning which motivates students to be part uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, the process of teaching, to give their input because we realize that Kids can uh, can be able if we gi- gi- we we, are, we give them opportunity to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Give them that empowerment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is for us uh, the way to join. Uh, actually, uh, the, to join uh, our government efforts. Yeah, to to try to improve our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we not some efforts, but our contribution is to produce to produce leaders in the community. Mm-hmm. This is very ambitious, but we think that we can go slowly, step by step, and influence influence communities, mm-hmm. and so make all communities aware of this uh, importance of uh, uh, process so the com- all community can uh, join us. And uh, about our curriculum, just to say quickly that uh, after building the community, because we choose uh, to develop uh, those topics, but the, we couldn't impose to the students those topics. Mm-hmm. We, we first, together with all partners, uh, namely uh, students, teachers, community members, uh, uh, school staff, and uh, give back to Africa staff, all we decide to develop those uh, topics. And uh, the teachers adopted uh, this way to teach, and we develop a lesson plan. So after the teaching process, both for clean water and uh, waste management, students were brought to go into the community, do research, seeing uh, water and waste points, just uh, to in order to draw the map, to know well where to go, act in the community because they couldn't cover all the entire community because this is just the way to to bring them to practice mm-hmm. to practice as leaders and uh, we are not seeking for a quick result but just to by uh, students example by student skills make aware the community get them involved mm-hmm. and after the process of uh, research they made they go they went uh, especially for waste management, just I can say, also they went uh, do practice in uh, one of uh, health centers at Mpasa mm-hmm. to observe microbes using microscope just to realize the importance of the topic. And one of uh, the students wrote up that, oh, now I know what causes me to be sick. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And... Uh, after this, uh, just to, sh- to, s- to share with you quickly some outcome we g- uh, gotten after the two uh, first uh, topics. In teachers, as I said, we note that they adopt for themselves uh, this new approach, mm-hmm. beginning to teach in uh, using new methods or new uh, techniques. 
teaching outside to illustrate some some uh, some uh, topics, mm-hmm. uh, making uh, giving more homeworks, uh, yeah, bringing students to do more workshop. So uh, this kind of teaching uh, is like student teachers begin begin yeah begin friends of students mm-hmm. and uh, w- uh, one of the teachers say that oh now i'm still learning i thought in the past water waste but i realized that i'm still learning about clean water clean water and also about waste management and about leadership skills also so uh, in students just to illustrate that for example, one of them, uh, Pombo, he is uh, a, a teacher that I to- just told about, uh, daughter. Uh, she was very shy, very afraid to uh, speaking out in, t- in the community. But now he demonstrates, he is able to demonstrate skills, talking, uh, telling to the mother to not to... To, to throw waste on mm-hmm. the ground, mm-hmm. to clean up uh, the waste. And uh, in the co- about the community, this is amazing because the first visit uh, in the community uh, students did, they did home visit and they faced a challenge. They were welcomed by mothers, but fathers said no. Water is uh, concerns just only of women. This is not our staff, so go communicate with uh, mothers. They were, students were very sad, very frustrated, but quickly, uh, through uh, evaluation process, they, we reflect together with them, discuss with them, and they said, yeah, maybe we can change the way to introduce them ourselves in uh, the household. They made difference about introduction, uh, asking first permission before to begin communication, wearing uniform, bringing with them notebooks and uh, pen. And at that time, father was were very happy to welcome them. And some fathers, yeah, uh, bought into students' practice, students' example, acting also, beginning to clean up their compound mm-hmm. just to show that they are happy with this. And so, so the students got to be leaders not only within the community but within their own family. Yeah, in family. They began to teach in the, mm-hmm. in the family to teach their father, the, their, their parents. Well, we're talking about giving back to Africa today. You can join us for a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can follow us on Twitter at noon edition or call into the program at 812 855 0811. That's WFIU.org Noon Edition, at Noon Edition on uh, Twitter, or 812-855-0811. Michael, before the show, we talked a little bit about this completely um, different approach to helping other people. Um, let's get into that a little bit. Not only is this a, a kind of a, a different uh, learning style and approach for the teachers and the students um, and indeed the families, but it's also a different approach in a more global way. Would you talk about that a little bit? I can. We, uh, this was a, a real discovery for me, in fact. We, uh, as our program was already underway, we found an article, uh, an academic article, uh, Anne Marie can remind me of the of the it's title. In the development um, journal study. Journal of uh, anyway the authors. The Society for International Development, 2012. It, it was a real discovery for us to to see this uh, examination of international development problems divided up into into two categories. They divide them into technical and and adaptive problem solving techniques, and the ones that we're the most familiar with are technical. When we when we uh, give a donation to Save the Children or UNICEF or uh, the UN goes in, these these practices uh, utilize outside technical knowledge, typically mm-hmm. uh, with outside funds, huge amounts of funds to uh, create programs that ident- that are, that respond to problems that are de- that are identified by those uh, external by sources. those external sources, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and. The, the unfinished objects, if you will, uh, UFOs in Congo are, are many. 
legion, millions, billions of dollars um, dumped into Congo and many other development agencies. An alternative approach, and the one that, that we find matches perfectly with our, uh, with our program, is an adaptive one that, that seeks to engage stakeholders at the community who know their assets, who know their own personal resources and know the resources in the community, and have a better sense of what would produce a, a, a more sustainable response to the challenges that they're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the description that Jerry provided of uh, engaging the community, engaging with the, with the parents and the students and the teachers is, is an example of an adaptive approach to solving the problems of extreme poverty. So they're given an opportunity both to identify the problems themselves as they, because they live them every day, and then it's a, more of a grassroots cooperative effort than to identify uh, solutions and then taking, of course, the next step to work toward those solutions. And then there's even another step, reflection. That's right. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. The, um, I, I mean, I think it would be useful for me to, uh, to tease out the, the entire progression of the program uh, as Jerry described it. He's, he, he's describing the, the integration of the lessons into the school. The curriculum is co-developed with the, the teachers at the school who themselves are still responsible for teaching to the national standards uh, of education. So we are working with, uh, as the, once the problem is identified, our staff here and, and staff in, and Jerry in Congo work with the teachers to identify the lesson plans and the curriculum around the problem. And this is looking at the, the technical knowledge that's necessary, the domain knowledge, if you will, around water, around waste, around nutrition. Um, and integrated into those lessons in the classroom are these, these five leadership skills about um, identifying a problem, uh, gathering information about that problem, analyzing that information in the service of creating a solution and throughout the process reflecting. So the fifth reflection is the fifth process. So how can we refine the work that we're doing? Uh, so the, the second two steps, uh, we've, we have a, a seven-step process curriculum, but we can easily reduce this into the, the lessons that are taught in the school mm-hmm. and then two major community service components. One, uh, the first is a, is a public presentation, a, 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 fait, a fait de presentation, where the, the kids present to at various – we've had two so far, and those are bet- that's pulled in between two and 400 people, parents and community members and members from the ministries of education and health and embassy staff and on and on, where the kids are, are – presenting this technical knowledge in entertainment format. So they've composed songs and poems and skits, Mm -hmm. uh, and they teach in that way. So then following that, the the second community service point is a community service action, which is their attempt to implement uh, some small solution to the problem that they're seeing. And it's really an opportunity for them to practice applying their technical skills and practicing the leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go to break here in just a moment, but uh, I want to encourage you to do a, a couple of things, um, not the least of which is to, if you want to see actual illustrations of, of the project work that these folks are doing, it's, uh, you can go to their website at givingbacktoafrica.org, and there are wonderful uh, photographs um, taken um, of the area, of the folks involved with the projects, of the projects themselves, uh, and I think it would uh, certainly add to the your experience uh, with the show today. We are already at the halfway point in the show, if you can imagine that. It's, gone, it's going so quickly. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, attempt to get a little bit deeper into this topic. I think this would easily be about a four-hour show, but we're going to try to, to uh, continue in, in just the brief time we have. For now, you're listening to Noon Edition on WFIU. To join the conversation, give us a call at 855-0811 or toll-free at 877 8-5-9-3-4-8. or join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. While you're online, feel free to follow us on Twitter at noon edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. 
production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. And IU School of Public Health Bloomington. Online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at WFIU.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIU.org news. And welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Carmichael, usually joined here in the studio by Bob Salzberg, but he's out today. So I'm flying solo, but I have four wonderful guests guests in the studio with me. And our topic today is giving back to Africa. If you missed the description in, in the first half of the show, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo is one of the largest countries in Africa. It has a history of civil war and corruption. And in fact, earlier this year, the U.N. sent an intervention brigade to neutralize rebel military forces uh, on the eastern border. Uh, But Giving Back to Africa is an organization that seeks to uh, effect change in the area uh, from the grassroots up, and it has very strong Bloomington connections. Uh, In fact, it's it's really a Bloomington-based organization with its focus uh, on the DRC. My guests in the studio today, I'm going to start with Morgan because he hasn't had a chance to uh, speak yet today, but Morgan Shear is a senior at Bloomington High School North. He hiked 500 miles of the Appalachian Trail as a benefit for giving back to Africa. And we're going to talk about your project in just a little bit, so we're still glad you're here, Morgan. Uh, Michael Valiant, he's the executive director of Giving Back to Africa USA. Anne-Marie Thompson, co-founder of Giving Back to Africa. She's adjunct assistant professor here at uh, SPIA at IU Bloomington. And Dr. Jerry Kindoba, he's the program manager of Giving Back to Africa in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And we should say that you two have, uh, uh, Jerry and Anne-Marie, you've had a, a long relationship. Uh, tell us how you met and how you uh, came to be co-founders of this organization. Um, thanks, Mary. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was born and raised in the Congo. I lived there till I was 18. My parents were humanitarian workers and in the fields of education and health care. Uh, and while I was being, uh, while my parents were doing their humanitarian work, I was raised by Congolese, mostly men. Um, the women were busy with their own children. So I had a lot of dads. Um, and they invested an enormous amount of time in my education. They taught me how to live in the world and how to think. And I, when I came to America to go to college, it was... Um, the worst year of my life, um, but but I could never forget all of the things I learned from the Congolese people, and so I always wanted to give back in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, through a very tragic event, um, the death of my best friend's son, Mindo, who wanted to be a doctor, who was trying to reach his dream when he died. Um, this was an, This is an all-too-common reality of young people in the Congo. They very rarely get the opportunity to reach their dreams. So there I was in our kitchen in Bloomington, Indiana, sobbing my eyes out, and my husband Jim actually challenged me and said, we need to turn this tragic event into a very positive thing. Why not invest in as many Mindos as we possibly can? And help them realize their dreams. So that's how Giving Back to Africa got started. Um, When I was growing up in the Congo, I I had occasion to observe many different types of international development. So I saw many of the larger projects that Michael was describing with with experts Mm -hmm. coming in. Mm -hmm. And and then I also saw the 40-year commitment of my parents who, who lived there that long and my mother died um, there. She um, she always told me that this was the best um, 
life that she could ever have, and it was the best life I ever had, too. So um, we believe that education is the most sustainable way to make a difference. There's nothing that no one can take away learning, and no one can, regardless of what happens, no one will ever take away from the children their knowledge of clean water now and their sense of empowerment as a result of being in the community and actually making a difference in their communities. So Giving Back to Africa started actually as a 501c3 in 2003, but we didn't start our work in the Congo until 2007, Um, partly because I was afraid of doing more harm than good, but also because um, we wanted to educate ourselves. A lot had happened between 1973 when I had left. Um, So we took our time. We went to Congo three times and conducted focus groups, talked to lots of leaders, lots of people, traveled around to determine the best way to give back. And again, we were convinced that education is the most sustainable way. So our tagline is, we invest in people, not projects. And um, we have had, um, we've been just thrilled to see these short-term results in our investment by, by investing in these Congolese young people. I met Dr. Jerry Kindomba, so I grew up in the northwest corner, 900 air miles north of where Dr. Jerry was born. Um, but Dr. we were looking for a Congolese program director, and um, it was um, serendipity, or I don't know, but somehow hmm. we were able to find Dr. Jerry Kindomba through a, a good friend of ours, a medical, phys- uh, a medical physician mm-hmm. in the Congo, and he introduced us. And it was um, an immediate knowledge that this was the right person mm-hmm. to make this organization grow. So Dr. Jerry and I did not grow up together um, in any way. He's much younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to call me Mama Anne-Marie because I'm so much older. He has to refer to me as his mother. Um, yeah, so we've known each other since 2011. I grew up with the Mbaka people. The Bangala people are are the original um, ethnic group in in the western area of the Congo mm-hmm. um, and the Bakongo. So I grew up with the Bangala people and Dr. Jerry grew up with the Bakongo people. So, But we both speak Lingala um, and it's been um, wonderful to get to know him. Why don't you give us an example of that so we get an idea? Okay. So I said um, have him say, have Dr. Jerry say something, and I'll translate. Okay. Yeah. So Lingala, in at least urban Lingala, is is a wonderful, um, wonderfully alive language with um, a lot of French involved. Mm-hmm. French is the official language of the Congo. So, as, as Anne-Marie said, um, we met each other through this, this um, doctor who worked with Dr. Jerry um, on a USAID project. And we worked together for four years, and we went all over the Congo, working very hard um, to uh, address issues of, of health. And so when that project was finished, he invited... Um, us to meet Dr. Jerry, and that's when he joined Dr. Jerry, uh, Dr. Jerry joined Giving Back to Africa. And had you so, already established your, your curriculum at that time, or did you work together on that development? You know, our first project in the Congo was in 2007, and we worked at the Protestant University of Congo. Um, I thought that the future leaders of Congo 
investing in in university students was was the answer. Less than one percent of the population makes it to the university in the first place. Many of them go to university to get out of Congo as fast mm-hmm. as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great experience. We learned a lot. We invested in four master's level students. But we came to believe that we needed to start at a much earlier age. Mm -hmm. And that's when Dr. Jerry came. So when we went to PASA, which was an area that the university students we worked with did um, service learning projects, Mm -hmm. um, we knew the area fairly well already. But when we went into PASA, we, we really only knew that experiential learning was a critical part of our philosophy. Mm -hmm. We knew that community building was fundamental for positive change. And so the curriculum emerged, really. We did did not come in with a um, Mm cookie-cutter curriculum at all. It it was remarkable how it emerged Mm -hmm. on its own. It was a very organic process. So we've been learning. We also say we make the road by walking, Mm -hmm. and we go malembe malembe, which is slowly, slowly. And from that, we have learned about the five leadership skills together. Mm-hmm. We've learned about um, how to create lesson plans with teachers, not for them. And it's been a really exciting time. It's, it's kind of surprising to me that we've only recently discovered the, the pedagogy, the, the type of teaching methods that we're using, project-based learning. Uh, we... We're very thorough in, in a lot of our research, and so I, that's why I say I'm surprised mm-hmm. that we didn't come upon this. But it's sort of a, it really is a testament to how the, the curriculum and the program emerged out of the conversations mm-hmm. with the community. Mm-hmm. And now subsequent, subsequent to that, we've discovered project-based learning. And mm-hmm. Jerry and I were able to attend uh, project-based uh, PBL workshops mm-hmm. um, and have – are strengthening a relationship with the project school here in Bloomington. Right. And I want to get to those links uh, very and, and explore those a little bit. But I want to give Morgan a chance to speak. Um, Morgan, um, as we said, you are a senior at Bloomington High School North. And you did a benefit for this for uh, Give Back to Africa. Tell us, uh, first of all, how did you learn about it? Uh, so a few years ago, my sister told me about the call-out meeting for um, Giving Back to Africa Student Association, and I decided to go. And when I went, I showed up, and there were like 20 cute college girls. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I decided to keep going, obviously. And um, I heard Anne Marie's story and why why she wanted to give back to Africa, and I caught on, and I've been working with them ever since. So it was. There's a club, then an active club, an organization at North that works to support the organization. Not at North. I got involved with the IU students. Oh, with the IU students. Oh, that would make sense. That's why the cute IU girls were there. All right, I'm with you. Okay. So, how did you come up with the idea then to take on such a momentous challenge as the Appalachian Trail? I've been wanting to hike the Appalachian Trail ever since I was a little kid. I had an uncle do it, and I've read plenty of books. Um, and. Uh, just the the trail has always been a dream of mine and then i read a book last year where this guy did a fundraiser for it um and i was like wow that's a genius idea and i've (laughs) i've been involved with giving back to africa and i've gotten to see where where my money would go if i would get to do this and um i i made the commitment and i was like yeah this is going to be fun who wouldn't want to spend the summer in the woods (laughs) (laughs) was it fun it was too much fun. <laughs> really? Wow. Uh, as, uh, you know, I've read some books about it, too, and I know it, it can be really quite a challenge. So were you by yourself? Did you have a team? Had to, tell, tell it was just uh, me and my dog, Nico. Wow. <laughs> In the fall, I came up with this idea and proposed it to my parents, and they were like, you need to get somebody to go with you. And they realized that nobody was up for this. <laughs> so they got me a dog for Christmas, and Nico's been my hiking buddy ever since. Wow, what kind of a dog is Nico? Just a mutt, but he's great. He's a great mutt, okay. He flies up the mountains. And how did you do your fundraising? Uh, I got pledges beforehand, so for every mile I hiked, people would donate um, a certain amount. And I, um, I'm now around $8,500, and it should get over 10000 Oh. I still have a little pledges that should come in. Do you have a website if anybody wants to uh, support your effort? I have a blog. Um, a blog? Visit givingbacktoafrica.org, and you can see my blog on there. You can see – yeah. And I've got pictures on there. You can see what I did this summer. Okay. It, it's worthwhile reading it. It's a remarkable story. 
I would I would go there. I would love to read it. So, uh, did and you did you did you realize your goal? Uh, well, I started. Well, my original goal was just, not the financial goal, but uh, your walking goal. Yeah, um, I came up with the idea that I was going to do 500 miles, and I, uh, I was like, yeah, that's not going to be a problem. And the first day, <laughs> the, I got out there the first day, and I was like, wow, it's hilly out here. <laughs> it is mountainous. And I wasn't used to that back here in flat old Indiana. So I, um, before I even stepped foot on the trail, I decided I was going to do 25 miles the first day. Mm-hmm. And um, about tw- mile 20 of that day, I laid down, took a break with Nico, and it started to rain. We got my rain jacket, and mm-hmm. I was feeling sick, and I got up and puked everywhere so <laughs> i had five miles in the dark and rain for it and then um that night i was just like what have i gotten myself into um but my mom told me i had to come home and i was like no i'm not coming home but <laughs> i stuck with it and surprisingly i made it all the way to mount katahdin i started 500 miles south of mount katahdin which is the northern terminus of the appalachian trail and i i got there Wow, congratulations. Yeah, me and Nico. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Wow. It's a huge accomplishment, and I just love that Morgan was walking. The Congolese children walk everywhere. We don't have cars. We don't have, um, you know, motorcycles. So the fact that that Morgan was walking the way Congolese have to walk every single day for miles and miles is such a wonderful um connection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the style of uh, the approach that giving back to africa is doing um it's a long-term approach just like my hike you just have to take step after step it's going to take a while it's continuous support just like they say they're not throwing money at the project they they're investing in the people and it's going to take a while and people have invested in um my education and i want to i want to give back to these kids so they can fulfill their dreams as well all right, and we'll say again mm. that your blog is available at the Giving Back to Africa website. Yep. So that sounds like it's going to be some mm-hmm. really good reading. Congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. It's Im- impressive. You're quite a young man. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Your mother must be so relieved that you're home. <laughs> 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 well, let's talk a little bit more about the, the all these Bloomington connections. Um, you, we mentioned the project school. As a, as a parent of a child who attended the project school, as I was reading uh, your information, all those bells were going off because it was uh, it did sound uh, so similar. So you've established a relationship with them now. We have. It's a, it was a nascent uh, connection last year, the first time Jerry came to the U.S., and this year we were able to... Well, I should let him describe it. it yes, yeah. please. I've already seen yeah. the impact of it. Yeah. yeah. Last year, we attended a training on PBL in uh, new, new, new Tech, I think. In Detroit. In Detroit. Mm-hmm. And this year, at, uh, here in Bloomington, at Project, Project School. So... We established, we just established a connection and, uh, yeah, following uh, stu- uh, teachers there for three, uh, three days, I was very, very blessed by the work. We met the work in a certain sense uh, by, uh, yeah, their approach also. You know, just what I, what is very, very rich to, to present here is, uh, the way they, yeah, they, they are teaching uh, students, they are using some uh, strategies like uh, CPR, which uh, means a circle for power and respect. Yeah, this is very interesting and to see interaction between teachers and uh, students. I note also the teamwork in uh, teachers, they are working in teamwork, and you can see, yeah, two teachers in the classroom, t- two teachers in class, may- maybe three or four for one classroom. Mm-hmm. What is very amazing for me. And uh, just to say that uh, what we want our teachers do, they are still, they are already doing this. Uh, helping students to be to to learn in the safe environment of learning, just this. And yes, and the safe environment for learning is is um, certainly a physical safety, but also an emotional emotional safe, safe yeah, uh, physical and emotional safe. And so the students become uh, feel free 
very free and comfortable to yeah to to give input and to learn this became very exciting for mm-hmm. the, the students to go to go to the school so in place to to stay at home the students know i must go at school because it's very very interesting and yeah and my my input is valued and it's seen as important and so you wouldn't want to miss school well let me give our our numbers uh, one more time we have less than 10 minutes left in the show so if you'd like to chat with our guests about giving back to africa uh, please join us at wfiu.org slash noon edition you can follow us on twitter at noon edition or call in 855-0811 in the 812 area code so uh You've got the the partners with the Project School. Uh, any other local uh, Bloomington uh, connections partners? So many, you don't know what to say. It's, well, I, we just uh, we mentioned at the top of the hour the uh, that last night was our second annual benefit, uh, and that was uh, I think a resounding success. And it was we titled it this year Congo Continue the Story and part of that was because of the fables that we brought back that the kids tell around the school uh, at night uh, the orphans who are living on site there but it's also because we're creating this story and in a sense we added uh, 175 new characters to the story who attended the gala last night and all of those characters are from Bloomington or around Bloomington we have people coming up from Indianapolis and Paoli and Washington coming up uh, for the gala and supporting us. But we, we are uh, as Bloomington-based as you can possibly get. And marie has been here for years. I've been here for over 30 years. This is home, and it's, uh, it's remarkable to me that I've always known Bloomington is a remarkable community. Um, but to be able to support an international organization working in a country where most of us will never, ever, mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. go... Mm-hmm. As I was doing my research, I kept looking for, why well, are they, you know, external affiliations? And, and then I realized, wow, this really is Bloomington-based uh, and, and uh, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing, yeah. So that's remarkable. It is remarkable. And we are incredibly thankful. Yeah. And we're so thankful for people like Morgan, the Indiana University Giving Back to Africa Student Association is incredibly active and wonderful small and makes a huge impact, which is the story, part of the story. So you've, you've focused so far on clean water, um, and you did project-based learning around clean water, um, then project-based learning around waste management. What, what does the future hold? Yeah, just to give precision that we begin by uh, with clean water, mm-hmm. and we are just trying to refine our curriculum. Mm. Each year, we are trying to improve our curriculum. The first year, we didn't use PBL. Uh, but uh, the second year about waste management, we, f- we had focus on the teachers, uh, tra- uh, teaching them, uh, training them on PBL, observation uh, technique, and listening technique, mm-hmm. just to, in order to, 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 to get this safe environment of learning. How many, how many teachers and how many students are we talking about? Yeah, uh, it's about, uh, I, I can say, four teachers because we began just uh, as an experimenting process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We didn't uh, involve all the school mm-hmm. to just to experiment first. And about 80, 80 students mm-hmm, okay. with uh, four classrooms, mm-hmm. uh, two for primary school and two for secondary school. Mm-hmm. So four teachers and uh, four uh, staff members of the, of the school. Okay. So going forward... Uh, then, as I was saying, we've we've done the you've you've talked about even though you didn't do it oh, quite okay. the same. Cl- okay. okay, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, we the first year we said we must have focus on the teachers because we want them be, being model first and adopt for themselves buy into this mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. we are talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have. accepted, and then we be, together with them the students we began to develop. Uh, second topic around waste management. And uh, maybe I can just say... Ah, okay, Michael. Well, I'd, just to <coughs> yeah. finish up, I see, see we've got a couple of minutes left, and i just finish mm. the 
the two modules on clean water and waste. Mm. We're developing nutrition now. Mm. Mm. And as we talked before, the, the goal now is to the, – the next module, the fourth, would yeah. be on the – the meta skills that go into planning a project. So the first in the first three modules, the kids are practicing these community service actions and problem solving. Mm-hmm. And the fourth is an opportunity for them to really articulate the skills that are necessary for them to design their own solutions. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some res- some results from that already. Mm-hmm. And and so our plan is to continue to experiment and refine this curriculum until 2015. We've committed five years to not rushing the issue, um, and then we hope to scale up and share this curriculum with other schools, community schools in the Congo, and mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe throughout Africa. So, Dr. Jerry, are you documenting uh, everything that happens so then you can, uh, I, I could imagine a book coming out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a good, very good question. We need exactly to document our work. We are working on this right now. Yes, I'm sure that when you're in the heat of the project, it's hard to find time to do everything like that. We've only got a a minute or so left, but I want to give each of you just a chance to say anything that you'd like to say. Uh, Give the website again. Um, Michael, I'll start with you. Well, I think I feel like it's my duty as the as the director to to just thank Bloomington and to encourage you to uh, to support us further. We we really need your help. <laughs> yeah, and as a and as a board member, again, thank you to this extraordinary community of Bloomington. And I just want to say that Morgan is the living example of a servant leader. He's the living example of being able to give back and make a difference. And um I I just people who feel disempowered need not feel disempowered. We have an example here and we see it in our in the children in Congo too. Dr. Kimdoba, quickly. Just to say thank, thanks a million because you are among our Giving Back to Africa's partners here in Bloomington. You, you, you are far from DRC Congo, but you have art for DRC, what is very, very impressive, and may God bless you. Oh, that's a lovely note to end on. Morgan, do you have anything to add? Nope, he's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today. This has been Noon Edition. I'm Mary Catherine Carmichael. I want to thank our guests, Dr. Jerry Kindoba, Anne-Marie Thompson, Michael Valiant, and Morgan Shearer. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with Noon Edition. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net and from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement, offering undergraduate and advanced degrees, publichealth.indiana.edu.